This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. You know, one of my favorite aspects of this podcast is sharing your success stories, which help inspire your fellow listeners. Today, I have with me a listener who took a leap of faith to pursue his dream. The story of his moving towards his career goal one step at a time is inspirational and an example of how you can overcome challenges in your life if you make a plan and execute that plan. And be open to making changes in your course along the way. Before we get started, a few announcements. Don't forget we have classes and courses at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash courses. You can find the scholarships guide, the career coaching, and the pilot jobs book there. Visit aviationcareerspodcast.com slash courses to discover more. Well, in this episode, we are going to discuss a really interesting person. I actually have them here with me, and I'm actually at the airport in Lakeland. But before I introduce him, uh, I want to read an email that I received from him. It's a follow-up email that came in on November 21st, 2016. For those of you longtime listeners, you probably have heard this email, but it was September of 2015 that his first email came in. So let me, uh, let me start reading the email that he recently put in, and uh, this is a follow-up. So this is really cool. By the way, if, if you have questions or you want to follow up with any of the other questions you've had in the past or you want to share an inspirational story, go to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Anyway, let's start with the email. It says, hello, Carl and co-host. It was a little over a year ago that I wrote into your show looking for some advice on choosing a flight school that was right for me. You graciously answered my questions on a podcast shortly after. Using some of the tips and info you and your co-host provided me, I narrowed the search down to a few schools. As fate would have it, my wife and I decided to relocate to Florida for me to attend Polk State College, as it was the best fit for my short list of schools. We saved up for the move and to start training and made a leap of faith into the Sunshine State. I am now 28 years old, going back to college for the third time. Started my private pilot lessons in August, and now at just over 23 hours. Remember, this is November. In fact, I completed my first two solo flights this week. Learning to fly has been an amazing experience so far, and I always look forward to the next time I can go flying again. I don't write to in to brag. Instead, I hope to provide inspiration to others who may be where I was just over a year ago, trying to figure out how to start and where to start. From the time I wrote in over a year ago today, I'm always trying to do something to take the next step into starting an aviation career. Listen to your podcast and Stuck Mike Avcast, watching YouTube videos and reading blogs and articles as much as I can. I'll admit that it took some time for my small steps to get some traction. But now the progress is real and it's all flying by. No pun intended, or pun intended. I continue to listen to your podcast and recommend it to anyone I can. Thank you again to all you do for those of us just starting or trying to start anew with an aviation career. Well, that email was November in 2016, 
And with me today actually is Clay Watley. Remember, had just a few hours, now has over 500 hours and is well on his way to pursuing his career goal. Hey, Clay, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Carl. It's good to be here today. Thanks for having me. You know, this is awesome. We are actually at uh, Lakeland Linder Airport sitting across from each other. And who would have imagined that when we started speaking online uh, just about how many years was that? Three years ago, right? Wow. It's phenomenal. It's been, been a heck of a ride. I know there's been a lot of different challenges along the way and and you talked a little bit about what you've done to get here but uh to keep get us up to speed from that email you talked about having only like 20 some odd hours 28 or 23 hours at the time uh so so what happened since that point and now we're here we are at 500 oh wow uh, a whole lot's happened so i uh, worked real hard uh by december of that particular year uh 2016 i got my private pilot certificate and went right into instrument and got that in about another three or four months, and then straight into commercial, and that took a little bit of while. We had to deal with Hurricane Irma last year, uh, which set us back about a couple of weeks to a month. And I got my commercial certificate from there, right into CFI, and here I am uh, working for the college again as a CFI, and just working as much as I can and building as many hours as I can. You make it sound so simple. It actually was a, a little more difficult than <laughs> than what he says is because of the fact that he really uh, has been through a lot of challenges, both in his career and changing careers and moving to a new location, et cetera. So kind of walk us through that. I know that a big part of that was, first of all, having to someday walk into your spouse and say, hey, listen, I think this is what I want to do. Right. That was definitely some uh, interesting conversations. I guess it all goes back, like most of uh, your listeners probably, I was looking up at the sky as a young kid, always wanted to fly. Wanted to be a dream of mine. And my grandfather was a private pilot, owned a 182, and he always told me his flying stories. And that just always inspired me. Um, And from there... I went off to college for the first time. I went to a college in Mississippi, and I was trying to get into a military and to fly for the military, but unfortunately, that didn't work out. Um, From that point, it definitely kind of put me to the side from flying, and I had to put that whole dream away for a little while and start working some different jobs. And from time to time, I just moved from job to job, always trying to find something that was going to be better for myself and for, for my wife and I. So I've worked in the food industry. I've worked in cellular sales. One, um, I actually finally got to flight training. I worked in a, in a local warehouse to make some money. Wow, it sounds like you've you've done just about everything. And one of the cool things about that is you haven't given up. I mean, you've done what you need to do to make the money to get to where you are. Yeah, that's the, that's the big point is uh, too many times I think we forget about our dreams is that we had as kids. And we always got to keep that dream in our mind and, and keep pushing for a goal, even if we have to step to the side. Um, just keep that in the background. And while it might take some time and you forget about it for a while, when it comes back up and you have the opportunity to chase it, always go for it. So it sounds like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't have the money just plunk down and get all the ratings. You, there was a lot more planning involved, wasn't there? There was definitely a lot of planning, a lot of conversations, a lot of late nights, a lot of conversations with my wife and I. And um, she's been a blessing for me and, and for uh, both of us. She's been so supportive. And, and all my extended family, my parents and brothers and sisters, uh, they've just been more than excited for me, as I call them. And tell them the different things that I'm achieving as, as hours build and certificates get added and that kind of stuff. So um, a lot of conversations, a lot of talking, a lot of planning like you were talking about and, and, and budgeting and making sure that we had everything set in place so we didn't 
uh, go backwards when we're trying to go forwards. You know, in a lot of our coaching sessions that we do, that's one of the first things we talk about is your family and making sure they're included in this plan. I will say one thing that's interesting, and, and I'd like, of course, I can't divulge what, what I do with my other coaching clients, but this, this comes up often and sounds like you're a good person to ask. A lot of times people, when they come into the coaching, they haven't told anybody about this. They haven't told anybody about their dream. And I, I'm assuming there was like a point where you were there also, and then you actually made it to the point where you could start sharing it. And I say that a lot, be careful who you share your goals with. What made you make that leap finally to actually sharing it? So I think that uh, Michelle always knew that that was my dream or my wife um, because we talked about it and that was my goal with the military. I just put it to the side and every now and then I'd kind of just be like, you know, I think it'd be cool to fly, but we never had the means or way to make it happen. And I just was kind of at work one day at my wits end and not having fun and just, you know, almost having a physical reaction as I was driving to work. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And about that time, the flying started coming up. And like you said, I kind of kept it secret for a while, just doing research and kind of figuring out if it was feasible. And then finally, uh, I was actually probably a couple of days before I wrote into your podcast. But as I found your podcast, I finally just talked to my wife. I was like, hey, um, I think we're finally to a point that we can make this happen. What do you think? And we had probably two or three late night conversations about it and decided that we could make it happen after know really focusing closing down our budget and saving a whole bunch of money and uh, making it happen so one of the things you shared with is your immediate family it's also good to get the rest of your family involved at some point you know some people have children it's it's a good idea to talk to them parents it's a good idea to talk there uh, one of the things that I, I was the same I decided I wanted to do something different and the first thing is what are you nuts <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that too. a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it, one of the things you mentioned though that really was interesting you said it wasn't fun anymore so a lot of people start looking at this career here and I got this question recently by the way by a young person that says hey you know why wouldn't everybody want to do this and I said well not everybody thinks this is a fun job. If you don't like it, you're going to be miserable. A lot of people go in this because there's a lot of money in it, obviously, down the road. And I think one of the things that's important is what you did, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you did it because you're enjoying it, not just for the money. Oh, 100%. I've been enjoying it from my first lesson um, in August a couple of years ago until you know today I had about six lessons that I went through working working hard in the Florida heat. But every day, you know, it, it's a blast. What I get to do is absolutely amazing. So as far as the flying is concerned, you're a flight instructor, and, and it is cool. You know, what are the things that you really like about being an instructor? What are some of the things you look forward to in your day or when you get up in the morning and say, hey, you know, I get to do this? You know, uh, flying a plane, obviously, that's that's the easy one. I get to go fly a plane every day, and, and I get paid for it, and, and people get to have fun with me to, doing that. <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing that go along with that, I've always thought it'd be fun to teach. Uh, it's never something I wanted to do long term, but I kind of get to fulfill that, that need that I've always wanted to do to teach people to do something, especially as unique as flying. That's been a really, really cool experience for me. Sounds like you've had an interest for a long time, and if somebody who's younger who is nowhere near right now that's a listener saying, hey, this is something I want to get into. There's other avenues you can go into, 
besides just getting out and taking lessons. There's organizations, I think you were part of one, called like the Civil Air Patrol and that type of thing. Is uh, Were there any other things you got involved with? And if that's the only one, what, what is the Civil Air Patrol for those that don't know? So I actually haven't done a whole lot with the Civil Air Patrol, but when I was in college the first time um, back in Mississippi, I got to do a couple introductory flights with them. Uh, and they were uh, really cool from my understanding. They're an uh, organization that helps with aid with search and rescue and different uh, missions that need to be done um, from a civilian side. They're kind of like the civilian arm of the Air Force from my understanding. Um, and they, from a program I was in in college when I was trying to do the military, they reached out and gave a, us a couple introductory flights and I was able to go do that, which was another reason uh, throughout my journey, every now and then aviation just kept peeking its way into it through. I've had a couple introductory flights before I actually got started. Mm-hmm. Um, so it always just kind of kept rekindling my interest. So little things like that too. Um, you know, never lose that awe when you look up in the sky and see the contrails and those jets going by. Just That's kind of been the big thing. Every time I look up and something cool goes by, um, my wife laughs at me, but every time I'm always looking up. <laughs> You know, it's funny, I do the same thing now, you know, a Cessna 152 flyby, and I run outside, look, Con, it's an airplane. And, uh, right, and you live right by the airport. I know, so. it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is cool. I, I don't actually get to see the planes all the time. It has to be a specific traffic pattern. Of course, when they're using runway five, I'm like, yes, I get to see the airplanes. <laughs> and and that what's interesting is the fact that I, there's a lot of people that don't lose that. I mean, I've been flying for a few years and uh, flying jets around the world, and I just love it. I mean, I still still look at the sunsets from the air and they're spectacular flying over hurricanes and flying in, into airports that have wonderful beaches which i've seen some of your pictures on facebook and and seems like that's another big appeal is what we get to see from the air yeah it's unbelievable and every day is completely different you say it all the time on your podcast i mean even though i can teach the same lesson three or four times to five different people each time they're a different person with different backgrounds and different experiences so it's always something different even though i'm doing the same thing which really keeps it interesting so your flight instructing now, uh, going back to making this decision to, to change to this career, one of the things that I think challenges a lot of people and they don't understand, and maybe we could address that, is the cost of the flight training. I know in the, we're in the beginning of a semester, and I know we hear this at least about 10 20% of the people like, oh, I had no idea it would cost that much to do my flight training. We're talking a lot of money. I mean, to get your mm-hmm. licenses, I mean, there's the there's the degree part, but the actual licenses can be 50 up to $85,000. Sure. That's a lot of money. So there had to be a lot of planning for the financial impact of being able to borrow, get loans, scholarships, whatever for this, but also afterwards, like to be able to pay back those loans and also looking at how much money you're going to make as a flight instructor. Sure, there's definitely a lot of planning. Um, And again, those late night conversations uh, that you should be having with your family or anybody who's close to you when you're starting this uh, career journey. Um, But there was mostly a lot of planning, budgeting. We saved a whole lot of money. Michelle and I were both working uh, when we were back in Nebraska before we moved. And we saved up as much money as we could before the move. Uh, when we moved, we both found jobs. And I worked throughout my flight training all the way up to the end of commercial when I just no longer could handle the, the load of school and work and flight training. At some point, uh, we talk often, or you talk often on your podcast, of maybe having to make a pivot or a change. And I just finally got there, and I had to pivot and go away from that. 
but I was able to do the majority of my training without uh, through cash flow or just paying for it up front. Uh, until I got to my commercial, I needed a little bit of help from a personal loan. Um, but again, that all you just have to pay attention to what that loan's going to cost and make sure that what you earn after you start becoming a flight instructor is going to be something that you can handle and not you know put you upside down and make you eat ramen noodles all the time. <laughs> yeah, eating salad, that's all you can afford, the salad days, as they, <laughs> as they call it. But what's happened, though, is you've actually now, you're at a point, you're making a decent living. I mean, we were talking today, I think you were saying about 10 hours you're doing about a day? Yeah, especially with the start of the new semester, they're keeping us real busy, um, and that's going to make for a good salary for now. But also, always with the flight instructor can certainly ebb and flow. In about two weeks, something could change. We could have some maintenance issues or a hurricane rolls by, and and we go two weeks without much of a paycheck. So we're always uh, planning for that kind of a, an event too. So even still, we're planning for, for what, how, how our money is going. So you can actually make a decent living as a flight instructor. But getting there, of course, like you said, takes some planning. Sure. One of the things that I think people don't do is plan for those, those rainy days, as they say. And I think that's a great idea that you do that. But you do a little bit more than most. Uh, you And by the way, we said 10 hours for those listening. I know there's that eight-hour rule per day of flight training. Ten billable hours, meaning including you get paid not just for flight instructing, but also for ground school. For ground instruction, is right. okay. that's correct. Yeah, and then about four hours of flying time today. Okay, all right. So you don't go over that whole <laughs> no. eight hours. No, we definitely keep a close eye on that, especially <laughs> as we're busy as we are. Have you ever gotten to that point? I've gotten close. I've actually had to cancel, so far, only one flight. Um, but as the semester goes and we get night flights coming, that's when we really got to pay attention to that that rolling 24-hour clock in eight hours. Right, right. Wow. Uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize is um, when you're a flight instructor, you're a professional, you need to get paid. I hear this all the time. It's like, well, I just, I don't want to do the ground school, so you know, I'm not going to charge him for it. And I think that's ridiculous. You're, you're a professional. You're a professional teacher. I, if I had another teacher, I'd have to pay them, wouldn't I? Yeah, I would agree completely to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, one of the things that is really cool about you is that you've made this leap and you've had a very positive attitude about it, and now you're doing something you really love to do. And you've talked about some of these changes. You've had a whole bunch of changes in your career. Have you ever heard, because you're 28, has anyone ever said to you that you're too old to start? Well, I'm actually 30. I don't mean to correct you while we're talking, but that um, I was 28 at the time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that that's was okay. You yeah. yeah, but you want to be <laughs> but 28. Like I do. <laughs> I wish I was 28 again. It was a good time being back in training, but uh, nobody's told me that I'm too old yet at cool. 30. Um, nobody's been kind of like shaking their head. I still think I got a pretty good time until I get to that, that 65 and have a lot of earning potential and a lot of time to move up and be where I want to be in the career. And for those that are new, 65 is the year you have to, you know, actually retire at an airline. You can fly as long as you can with a corporate flight instruct, uh, 135 charter. So there are opportunities out there to fly after that. So you can fly your whole life. As a matter of fact, I used to fly to the Bahamas a lot, and it'd be some really old guys that are were from the airlines that actually fly me over there. So that was really, really cool. So that that's something that at, at the age of 30, we get that question in the 20s, late 20s, you know, am I too old to fly? And and definitely not. I'm glad you haven't heard that much. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't for one reason or no, another. No, I mean. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to hear that because usually it's the opposite. And one of the things I guess in the past, and maybe this is going away now, is you would hear if you didn't make it to an airline by the time you're 30, you'll, you'll never make it. That's totally done. You know, yeah. the 12,000 hours, 30 years old, and three moon landings and perfect tan is over. We're actually <laughs> we're we're at a different point now in the airline industry. Yeah, it's we? changing every day. That's for sure. And you get to listen to this too, and you see it. You actually see this happening. Co 
coworkers getting hired and getting these bonus checks and some making like sixty, seventy thousand dollars in their first year. It's absolutely crazy. That is crazy. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. That's for sure. You know, one of the things that we talked about in the beginning of this is this leap of faith. And I think uh, a lot of people are at that point listening and they're saying, you know, Whew, gosh, I'm not sure when when do I do it? I mean, there's got to be a point you're going to have to jump in and the water could be a little bit cold and it might hurt at first. But you know, how do you make that leap? Uh, I wish I had good advice uh, on that. At some point, you're just maybe to a breaking point, you realize that it's just time to make a change. Um, we've actually made two leaps of faith. The first one was we were in Mississippi and at our wits end and uh, my wife wanted to go to PTA school. Um, so we just applied everywhere and we made a leap of faith. We moved to Nebraska for her to go school there. Um, we just kind of moved out there with no family, no friends, no jobs and trusted. Uh, we're, firm, we're firm believers that, you know, uh, someone upstairs is going to be paying attention and helping us out as long as we trust in him. Um, so we put a lot of trust in, in, in him. And away we went, and we kind of did the same thing back with Florida. We we moved with no jobs uh, and just kind of trusted that everything was going to work out, take the right attitude. Um, obviously, it doesn't mean that we're just sitting there waiting for something. you got to get out there and, and hit the ground, pound it, um, find jobs, find work, and do everything that you can to make it make it happen. But I think at some point you just find that it's, it's time the road that you're on is just not leading to happiness, and you know that there's more. And uh, you really just got to listen to your heart at that point. You know, our heads tell us, you know, maybe it's not the smartest idea for us to do this, but if our hearts just like pounding you like, I got to, I want to fly. I've always wanted to do this or I want to be, even if it's not flying, whatever it may be, your heart and your spirit will tell you exactly what you're meant to be. And you should never give up on that. And even if that means kind of like I had about six or seven years where I just had to push it to the side. When the time comes and it comes back, you just need to be ready for it and be open to it and, and find your way to make it happen. Sometimes it's hard to admit your true calling and, and know that this is what you want to do because it, it may not be what everybody else wants and it's not going to be maybe making as much money as you thought. It might be making more, who knows. But it's if you do something that you really are called to do, that's truly your passion. It's almost like you never work. It's absolutely life-changing, that's for sure. It really is. And that's what's <laughs> cool about this, isn't it? You see this happening a lot. Yeah. Um, I Do you run into people, because I hear it sometimes, about they talk about the money, and that's it. And uh, I see it on my end because I've been flying at the majors and stuff like that. Um, what would you tell somebody like that? And if you do run into them, what do you tell them? Um, I don't see a whole bunch of people like that. I think a lot of people around here are here just for the fun of it. Um, it's a really cool job. It's a good experience. And even if those people just end up getting their private pilot and decide it's not for their career, it, it's really here for, for a reason. Um, for anybody who's in it for the money, my advice would be, you know, maybe that's not the right way to do it. Um, like, like we were saying, if you're, you find your calling and you find that what you're doing is truly what you love, you never work another day. It's life-changing. You wake up in the morning and, you know, some days you're lazy and you don't want to work, go to work, but it's not because you hate work. You're just like, God, oh, I'm lazy today. Um, and that's an experience that's just completely different than anything I've ever had in my life. So just make sure that you make the decisions for, for you. Um, a lot of our conversations, Michelle and I, my wife, uh, we talk about money, and money obviously is a means, but it's not everything. So uh, obviously it's a bonus as part of the career. There definitely is a lot of earning potential on a lot of sides of the aviation career. But the bonus is I love my job, and I've never loved any job like I've had so far since I've been flight instructing in, in aviation in general. 
And that's really, really important. You know, I, I think I learned that from my, my dad, I mean, and, and my mom, and they just absolutely loved what they were doing, and they never talked about anything else. It's just a, there was a lot of blessings that came later in life, which were awesome because of the fact that it's all he wanted to do all day. Worked seven days a week, but he didn't really feel like he was working. Just like with this, I mean, people are like, how can you do that all the time? I said, well, I love it. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And I think that's terrific to have that attitude because when you, when you get there, say to the majors and you're a captain and it's been 20 some odd years and you're sitting in the left seat, uh, sometimes you have to look back and realize you know, where you came from because we a lot of times forget that and uh, we wind up getting complaining, et cetera. <laughs> and we really do have to count our blessings, that's for sure, because it really isn't that bad of a job. Uh, it's because uh, you'll hear that on a, online in the forums. I don't know if you ever read any of the forums. A couple, yeah. You definitely see some some naysayers in there for sure. Yes, and <laughs> and you really have to be careful with those. I'm sure you've been up against a few, but mm-hmm. you have such a positive attitude, and I think that's really cool, and it's helped a lot of people here move forward. And I think it helps in your instructing too. Uh, it, you know, because a lot of people will want to fly with you if you're doing something you really enjoy. One of the things, and uh, this uh, some advice from you on this one. One of the things I sometimes see is flight instructors, and they're so reticent. And they're saying, I don't want to do this. I, I, I don't ever want to teach and stuff like that. Or you'll hear them, and they'll be near a student saying, oh, man, i got to teach stalls again. Oh, we got to do landings again. That is a huge impact on the student and I think is not really a good thing to do in front of them, even if, if it's what you internally feel that day. What advice would you give to somebody that's I think- like that? Yeah, uh, we we definitely hear that. We um, there's a couple people who are just there for time building. Um, but in my opinion, it's all about the journey. Um, you know, flight instructing is hard. It's a hustle. Uh, but if you make of it what you get out of it, or you get out of it what you make out of it, either way, um, it's really a fun time. And you really got to focus that it's not necessarily the end game. It's just part of the journey. And even at two thousand five hundred feet doing stalls, that's a pretty solid office view. <laughs> it sure is. You know, it's interesting you said that. I mean, it really, one of the things that we have to do in life in general is remember that no matter what we do, no matter what it is, working in a warehouse, you know, selling at a store, et cetera, we, we should always try to do our best at no matter what we do in life. And uh, it really is interesting because that will move forward in your work ethic no matter where you are. Now, you wind up having a happier life. So if you're right now in a job, and you're saying to yourself, this really stinks, I don't want to do this anymore. Just remember there is light at the end of the tunnel, uh, and someday you'll get there. Clay is a good example of that. <laughs> you know, you've actually made it through a lot of jobs that, that you didn't, you know, really care for. At some point, really hated almost, you know, yeah. and, and that's that's pretty tough. So what's next? What's next for, for your career and your life? So for the career, I think uh, it changes almost every day, I think. But the majority of the days I wake up, I think I want to go to the the regionals and work my way up to the majors. Uh, There's just a lot of need and demand for pilots in those areas. And from what I can tell, there's a lot of places I can go and have a really good quality of life, make good money, uh, be able to have a family and a home life as well as a work. Uh, a good job and a good good paying so I can provide for, for my family. And um, that's kind of my track right now. But since I started flying two years ago, it's changed about two, three or times. You know, <laughs> some days I wake up, I'm like, oh, corporate would be really cool. You know, that citation that just took off looks like a pretty good gig. Um, Air Ambulance kind of peeks its head up every now and then I, I, I take a look at that. So 
I, I definitely still up on the career journey, but it's kind of starting to solidify as the the general um, going to the regionals and the majors, and and not out of just lack of interest in anything else. It just seems at the moment the the most exciting and, and the best path for a, a good quality of life for myself and my family. I think that's also changed over the years. It's it's a much different job. It's easier to get into the regionals before corporate was easy, easier to get into it, and some of those jobs there. But I think you're right. Uh, also, building hours. You can't beat being at the regionals to build hours. You can always use those hours whether you want to go corporate later or whatever it is. Right. Hours are hours no matter what. And that's really important. So knowing that you've changed a few times, I mean, there's people that when they first look at the as a child, their idea of flying is much different. I know mine was as far as what it would be. Um, you know, some people think, oh, you know, I know someone who really wants to fly hurricane hunters. And now I'm starting to think, oh, maybe that's not exactly what I want to do. I don't know. Maybe I want to do something else. And that's what you need to do is keep your eyes open and have an open mind as to what path you want to go down because it'll change over time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I originally was going to fly the SR-71, but I don't think I'll get a chance to do that anymore. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you never know. You could build a kit plane, right? You never know, like an right? SR-71, yeah. You know. <laughs> you know, one of the things we have, do have to mention, by the way, is the fact that making this opportunity available there's a lot of really good schools through the united states and a lot of them are putting up flight schools and flight departments and it's growing because there's a big demand for pilots i think it's going to continue more and more people are able to fly because the cost of flying has gone down so much it's such an integral part of our lives but we're actually sitting today we said lakeland airport i have to mention that we are actually at polk state college which is where you teach and one of the things that I really love about this school, and one of the reasons I moved here, is I really believe in what they do. They make careers, not just this, flying, all careers incredibly affordable. And it's very hard. I'd be hard-pressed to find something more affordable than where we are right now. As a matter of fact, they were ranked number two in the country as from the Best Value Schools website. They rank this number two as far as the best value. Yeah, it's actually been uh, amazing. It was definitely part of my, my decision into where we went. Uh, obviously, there's the big schools out there and, and a lot of places you can go to get done stuff done fast. But along with that, you, you pay for the name, you pay for the speed. Um, and I would definitely agree that it is an awesome value. I, I feel very uh, happy about the amount of money I put into my training. I feel like I got uh, great value. I got a lot of training for for what I spent and uh, somebody was there always around if I had questions to answer and that kind of stuff so um, obviously it is a kind of an expensive starting cost so that's definitely something you want to be paying attention to um, but also you want to make sure that you're getting quality training wherever you go you know if one place is $20 cheaper an hour but uh, the instructors just don't give a crap right. uh, might not be the best place to go and that extra $20 is worth its weight in gold to, to get some good instruction. So you came here and you got your ratings, but you also got a degree, right? Uh, I'm currently working on the associates. I've got one more class to get done and I'll have my associates degree. Oh, okay, cool. And then that's it. You're done because you have, you said two degrees already? I've already got a previous bachelor's degree in meteorology. Okay, in meteorology. Oh, that's cool. That helps. A little bit. I might (laughs) stand out on resume, I'm hoping. (laughs) That That definitely will. One of the interesting things about that associates degree, especially here, and people are probably wondering why you're doing that because you really don't need the associate's degree. Right. 
so, so why are you doing this, Celsius? So the Polk States get the uh, restricted APT, ATP program. Easy um, for you to say. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> say that 10 times fast. <laughs> Which allows, if I get my associate's degree, I can get my ATP certificate at 12, th- or correction, um, 1,250 hours. And then if I were to go all the way to the bachelor's, it would be 1,000. So that's, that 1,000 is really good for those younger guys. Um, and it also lets you get to the airline at 21, which is a little bit sooner than I think it's 23 otherwise. So that is a benefit of going to a college, like a four-year degree would be 1,000 hours. If you have prior military, it's 750. 1250 for you for the associates. Normally, it's 1,500 hours. So if you're thinking about going to a school that has an aviation program as opposed to going to a school that doesn't, this would be one of those considerations. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, 250 hours, when you think about it, sounds pretty small, but when you do the math and if you're averaging, you know, only 50 hours a month, that's the several extra months that I would be flight instructing before. Mm-hmm. Um, not that flight instructing is a bad gig, but, you know, with the end game, uh, it's all part of about, it's all about getting there. So once you get there, are you going to keep teaching? I think so. I think it'd be fun. Uh, you know, a lot on your podcast, you've got some of the guys that are Czech airmen and, and teaching the simulators. Obviously, I'd want to get my bearings and, you know, uh, uh, an ERJ or a, an E-Jet's going to fly a little bit faster than a Piper could add on short final. Uh, but once I get that, those speeds and the differences under control, I think it'd be really fun to go back to, to teaching. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I, I don't get a chance to flight instruct as much as I'd like. I know the, and that's something to consider when you do go to the airlines, they uh, you have to get approval to be able to fly actually uh, outside. I just got approval from my airline to do flight instructing, only here, uh, but I got approval to teach, which was cool. That's exciting. Uh, and that's exciting right yeah. there, I mean, because I get to fly in a little airplane again. Exactly. It's been a long time, too. As a matter of fact, Clay's going to help me out. Yeah, we'll have to go uh, up. Yes, I got to get current again. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm going to do my wings with you, and the, that's the FA safety program where you can gain your wings by actually getting experience and doing online courses. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. Uh, so don't be tough on me, by the way. Oh, you know. <laughs> we got to hold you to the standard, though. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll just make sure you're not flaring at 50 feet. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be exciting. <laughs> for those instructors out there that fly with airline pilots, be careful. They all flare at 50 feet. <laughs> I know the ground's down there somewhere. Yeah, I don't no radar, fly, altim- no no radar, radar altimeter, altimeter to help you out. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, gosh, Clay, this has been awesome talking to you. Um, one of the things that... Uh, I find is your positive attitude that's been awesome. And you've been listening to this show, and I know it's helped you, and and everybody else's questions has helped. And I think it's really exciting to see someone who's actually wrote into the show that's actually made that change. And we're actually sitting here in the same spot, amazingly enough, talking. Yeah, if you asked me the night I sent that email at, uh, what was it, 12, 12.30 in the morning, I would have never guessed that we'd be sitting here uh, doing something like this yeah. a couple yeah. years down the road. It's absolutely, it's it's awesome. And Clay, I know you're going to do a lot of great things in the aviation industry, and, and I know you'll make it to whatever destination, wherever it may be, uh, and you'll be happy there, and that's what's really cool. Yeah, it's, so. it's pretty exciting. Any last advice for those that are listening right now that are kind of on that fence about to make that jump, make that leap of faith? I think the biggest advice I would have is to keep a positive attitude. There'll be setbacks, whether it's maintenance, if it's running out of money for a little bit of time, if it's weather, you know, maybe going a couple weeks at a time without flying. Those setbacks are just part of the process and just treat them as obstacles to the goal, not, not as part of the way getting away, just something that you have to overcome. And then the other big thing, you know, even though you're making a leap of faith, you need to have a plan, have some sort of idea, um, have some backup plans for your plans, and then even more so, especially with the jump, like going to flying, 
uh, have a backup plan for your backup plan. So always have those those different things that you can do just to have a, a good idea of what you're what you're setting out on. Um, and then as soon as you got all that put together, make the leap. Great advice. Clay Watley, flight instructor here at uh, Polk State College. Really appreciate your being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hopefully I didn't say anything too crazy. No, no. Actually, <laughs> some great advice. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you do have questions for Clay, easy. Just go to feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. I'll forward him on to Clay if he doesn't mind. That'd be perfect. And, uh, and like we do, he can either write back to us and we'll read his answer or maybe have him back on again if we get a chance. I know you've had a really busy schedule. What you want to do is actually take a nap because you've got to do it over again tomorrow, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, starts at 8 a.m. Got a full day. <laughs> well, that's terrific. I actually, I'll probably be out here watching him go fly. Maybe we'll be able to get up in the air. We'll see. We'll uh, make some time. It, yeah, we de- oh, definitely <laughs> will. I'm just going to have to get on your schedule. That's the most important there thing. There you go. Well, folks, I really appreciate you listening and listening to Clay's story. What's really important is that Clay has actually made all these changes, but he did it in you know one step at a time. Didn't do it all at once. I took a one leap. Yes, that's true. That was one of those bigger steps. Yeah. But really, to move forward in your career, it's it's important to take just one small step. And I'd encourage everybody to do that right now. Do it today. Whatever it is, maybe it's writing Clay through Aviation Careers Podcast, feedback, Aviation Careers Podcast, finding out maybe you can resonate with him, finding out other information from other websites, other blogs. There's just so much out there. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. Keep that positive attitude. And don't forget to take that leap of faith someday if this is what you really want to do. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.